Hello, it's me, Kennedy, and you are listening to another episode of Completely Ken. Yes, that's right. This is the second episode, and I am currently recording on my dad's new podcast stuff, because yes, my dad also has a podcast, and he inspired me, so did my cousin, Candace. They all both inspired me to create my own podcast, because I saw how the production value, just everything that went behind it, and I was just all like, that's pretty cool, I want to try it out, and I would just talk about whatever I want to talk about, so shout out to them, my cousin's podcast is Luna the Full Moon, and my dad's podcast is Talking with G, so go check it out, he also has a YouTube channel, so just look up Talking with no, with D-I, wait, W-I-T-G, with just a regular G. Okay, so now on to the episode. So, by the title, you have probably guessed that I will be talking about my whole baking experience, my baking life, just how I really got into and found my passion and probably this will inspire you to get out there and find your passion or if you're just feeling iffy about your passion but you're like I don't know if I want to go through with it maybe this might inspire you to do that but I just want you guys to hear how I got to the level of baking that I am now and how I'm excited to continue growing in that so first I should probably jump back a lot of years I mean, I'm not that old, I'm only 17, but a lot of years to me when I was about eight or nine, and that was the very first time that I baked by myself, and let me tell you, it was a disaster. (laughs) Yes, you're like, oh my gosh, what? Then how did you like baking so much? I don't even know. It's like, turned out terribly the first time, you would think I would just want to give up and not do it anymore, but no. So, the first time I ever baked something, it was banana muffins. Not banana muffins, just regular banana muffins. It could have been banana bread. So, I was baking for the first time by myself, reading a whole recipe that I took from online and copied down myself. And I was like, Mom, I want to make this. So, we got all the ingredients, and I was at home baking it, and my mom was in, like, the living room just chilling out. And then I was, I was so excited and stuff, and I finally put them in the oven, and they were smelling so good, they made the whole house just smell like bananas, and it was like, oh my gosh, everybody was excited to eat it, or I don't know if everybody was, but I was definitely excited to eat it, and then all of a sudden, um, the alarm or the timer goes off, and then I take them out, let them sit, you know, do the routine cooling, and take them out of the pan, and I take a bite into it. Let me tell you, oh my gosh. It was so salty because I misread the recipe and I don't know what was going on through my eight or nine year old brain, but I accidentally put a cup of salt in there. I think I might have misread it rather than like a teaspoon or to a cup or maybe switch the salt and the sugar measurements on accident can't remember exactly but all I remember is that it was freaking salty like you need a 
gallon of water after just one bite and I was so upset oh my gosh I bawled my eyes out I was crying because I was so excited I built like the smell and everything just built it up and then it turned out to be terrible inedible really I was just all like what is this I was so sad but then my mom was like Oh, like, oh, my gosh, you're overreacting. But, uh, you know, you can't really say that to an eight-year-old. Like, she was thinking that. But she was all like, it's okay. We can just remake it. We can just make more. And I was all like, really? Because <laughs> I was thinking, once I made it, that was it. And if I messed it up, you know, nobody's going to spend more money on making muffins again. Because if I can't make it the first time, who, who would want to spend money on it again? But... I'm glad that my mom really pushed me and encouraged me to just try again because the next time, oh my gosh, they turned out amazing. They were probably the best muffins I ever had, mostly because I made it myself and I knew that I did this and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. So I was all like, this, this is what I want to do. Like in that moment, I was like, I think I want to do this my with my life like my whole life I think I just want to do this and then I started doing other things like I was like first I started like using like making a lot of brownies but then like putting vanilla extract in them to make them sort of my own and then I started actually making like cookies um like the Nestle Toll House cookies and I used the recipe on the package um at that time um because it sort of changed out the recipe it's weird but I used the recipe on that package, and I just made them. And then I got to a point where I was selling them at my brother's basketball game. And I was probably, like, still in elementary school. I was, like, nine or maybe even ten. But I was I would make them, like, Friday night so that on Saturday they would be – I'd be ready to just um, sell them, and I would pre-wrap them and package them. And I would spend so much time on that because I was a little young entrepreneur – I always wanted to make things and sell them to people because that's just who I was. I was like, let me figure out a way to get (laughs) some money at first when I was little because I liked my little dollar store toys. And I was like, I can do stuff to get what I want. But because I started off, you know, those like rubber band bracelets or the, the rainbow loom sort of things. I used to make those and sell those at my brother's practices and basketball games and parents would just be nice because I only like I sold it for like a dollar and they would or like probably even like 50 cents or something like that and they would all buy them from me but then I came out with cookies and oh people loved them but they were all like you didn't make this this is too good to be made it has to be from a package and you would think oh my gosh that's the best compliment ever but I was so frustrated because I want people to know that I actually made this because it was, I guess it was so good that people really did not believe that I made it myself. And it was even frustrating for my mom because it was just all like, she just got this from a package and I handmade it. I remember cracking the eggs and whipping the, and mixing the butter and the sugar together. I remember doing all of that and spending my hard time making sure those cookies look so pretty so that people would be able to eat them and I remember the first time I made them my mom was like first make some samples so like I would cut the cookies in half just to or even quarter them just so that people could have just a nice sample and people were like oh my gosh that's so good you have to actually sell these and then when I did people were like oh yeah no that's you didn't make this like what an eight-year-old can't do this 
but they really underestimated me. That's I think what really frustrated me is that they felt like th- I felt like they underestimated my abilities just because I was young. And let me tell you, kids are very talented. And sometimes it's, it is hard to believe that kids can do certain things. Like sometimes I'm like, what? That can't be real. But then I have to think about how I am and how that affects, like, how I felt when people were like, hey, you can't really do that. That's like, you didn't do that. Then I'm like, no, it's possible. Like, kids are very talented. And I guess with, with more and more social media, like, people are seeing it because when I was younger, like, I guess eight or nine and stuff, like, there was, like, Twitter and stuff, but there wasn't, like, people weren't sharing things as like they're sharing now to see all these talented kids like there wasn't a lot of display of how talented kids were it was just more of the simple things but man kids are talented but back to what I was saying about how um I started selling cookies and then after that people wanted to order stuff from me so people would order like batches of cookies and stuff and I my first person I remember she was so awesome um what was it the first person who really like supported like actually like kept buying cookies from me was um my um one of the moms from on the team she was so she's so awesome I still talk to her now she's she she knows who she is but um (laughs) and she still supports me now and I love it so much but that is the after that when I got like that little bit of support that support from everybody just around me I was like motivated like oh my gosh I could do so much more with this so then I started eating cupcakes and figuring out how to decorate them and I actually expanded my um what is it my baking inventory not baking inventory like equipment so I started getting more equipment I started using more mixers I started trying out new things I got piping bags they're reusable I've honestly prefer the disposable ones I know I say start the environment every single time but they're just easier to use to me if you want to make cupcakes like not even professionally just like oh yeah I just want to pipe some uh, cupcakes I definitely recommend using the disposable ones versus the reusable ones because they're just it's easier cleanup but back to what I was saying so yeah I was like getting all of this um all these different baking things and I was just all like on a roll like even for my birthday my parents and my brothers were getting me um like baking stuff for for my birthday and Christmas gifts and I loved it because I got more cupcake pans I got all this cool stuff I got fondant rollers I got mixers for Christmas my very first mixer my I got my mom surprised me with it it was like in November so it was like a month away from Christmas and I totally thought I was gonna get it for Christmas because I asked for it but my mom was like you're doing such a great job and everything and she was like very proud of me so I got really excited and she got it for me out of nowhere she just pulled out the box and I'm like oh my gosh and oh my gosh I think I cried that time and it's my nice little the standard KitchenAid mixer that's the silver one and I was like oh my gosh oh the happiest let's see like 12 year old ever no it was before I was 12 I think I got it when I was 10 and I was all like she got a 10 year old a KitchenAid mixer this is amazing and I was just so grateful but that really like started sparked like a lot of stuff so I started getting even better because it's like when you have the right equipment to do what you want to do to do what you feel like needs to get done 
it just works easier. And like I know that sometimes it's not always that way because sometimes I do hand mix my um my cookies because like I always like those cookies that I made from when I was like nine I still make them today because it's literally my family's favorite. But sometimes I like to just not use my mixer and just whip it up with a spoon and just have fun with that because it's just fun to do that, especially because I've been making them for so many years that I don't even use a recipe anymore. I just know every single measurement by heart. And I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's like muscle memory. But I'm very proud of that myself because there are certain times where I'm just like, I don't want to get a recipe wrong. So I just go back and <laughs> reread the um, the recipe. Like I do that with my red velvet cake, even though that's probably the single most cake that I single cake that I make the most, more than I make vanilla cake, which is quite crazy. Um, but back to what I was saying. But yeah, having the right tools and it really jump started everything for me. And people started supporting me and people started buying stuff for me. And people were like, oh my gosh, this looks like it came from the store. But that was the time where I was mostly relying on like the internet to give me all of my resources. Not resources. All the information I needed to just do, make, gain new techniques, gain new skills. But that really wasn't enough because it's like I always had all these questions and then... Um, I had questions about, like, what? how am I supposed to do this? What happens if this happens? And the Internet can only give you so much to where you have to actually have, like, a teacher or a mentor. But the thing is, I didn't really know, like, a lot of people who were, like, actual pastry chefs or into really baking, like, professionally, that I would be like, oh, yeah, I really wanted um, insight on that. Like, there were a lot of cooks that I um, – there was a cook in my family um, – and there's, you know, there's cooks and stuff, but not everybody's a baker because it, it takes too much time. It takes too much, like, patience. And not everybody wants to do that. They, they don't like the preciseness of baking. And I get it, but I'm one of those people, um, a perfectionist, if you would. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I really like, that's why I really like baking because of how I can take my time with it. Sometimes I do want to rush it. I'm not going to lie, um, but I have to remember to take my time because it won't turn out well. If I don't take my time and bake it with love, yes, I said love. It also requires love because if you don't have love in your heart when you're baking, it's not going to turn out how you want it to. That is just, <laughs> that's just uh, facts. <laughs> so I just really needed like someone who could like help me but honestly at the time I really couldn't find anybody and then I tried to look for schools but I think around that time I was like 12 or 13 and they didn't really allow things for like at least kids or preteens or anything like that I mean there were like small little camps you know like cooking camps but it wasn't as rigorous as I needed it to be or wanted it to be because um there was a time where I auditioned for well, I submitted, like, a portfolio and everything to a kids' baking championship. Yes, that's right. The first season, I no, I think it was the second season of kids' baking championship I was trying to get on. And I got really far. Like, I got to an interview stage. But um, I don't know if you could tell by the way I talk in my podcast and the way I am. I'm not really 
I don't really have like a reality TV show personality. I'm very chill, very laid back with certain things. And I feel like I have to be sort of talking like this and feeling like this when I bake because I have me getting all jittery and stressed out. So many times, I can tell you so many times I have failed because of feeling stressed out or feeling jittery or anxious because I'm like, I have to get this done in time. I have to do this. Sometimes you just have to be able to relax. And if something happens, just go with the flow. That is what a lot of this has taught me. But yeah, so the kids baking championship and then they were like oh my gosh you're so advanced for your age and I'm over here thinking I'm all pumped like I'm definitely going to be on this thing I'm definitely going to be on Food Network before I'm like 15 and (laughs) they didn't contact me back after the interview but they really loved me so that was good and they kept like sending like stuff to me to try to be in but then after that I was like this is probably not for me because I don't even know if this is the direction I want to go I don't want to be um starting off my baking career on a reality TV show. And I think that's, um, I think it was like God intervening, being like, yeah, no, this is not what you're really supposed to do anyway. So after that, my mom, my uh, chef, uh, my chef, my chef at um, Maxwell, the, I intern at a school, but um, my chef there, she was all like, you should be on a thing. And I was like, I don't know, <laughs> compared to a, uh, my experience when I was 12 I think I'm good because it's like the cutoff was 13 so I would have after that they were like oh yeah they have stuff for teens now but I was just all like I'm sort of glad because now that I'm older and I figured out what I wanted to for real be in the food industry I want to become brace yourself for this a Michelin star pastry chef I want to be in the elite of the elites. And I feel like starting off, like, I think it's possible even if you do start off from, um, what is it, reality show, but I don't think I want to start. But for me personally, I don't think I want to start there. I want to be taken really seriously. I don't want to start on a reality show. I want to be known for my work, not for the personality that you see on TV. And I know that's just like, I mean, other people do, and they, you, I feel like you can get that way, but that's not the route I wanted to take, and I'm glad that I didn't go that route or that <laughs> God intervened and I didn't have to take that route um, because being at Maxwell, um, that is the Maxwell Culinary. That's the, uh, the school that I went to for um, my coloring program last year. I learned so much more about food like a lot of the culinary program is focused around food and then they just have one unit for baking which I was really sad about but I still got to learn stuff like knife skills especially I have a serve save certification managers yes managers you heard right um I have a certification um so that I can help run a kitchen smoothie uh in safety and sanitation so I know a lot about that but I was, um, but there I learned how to make the mistake something better. So it's like if something comes your way and you mess up or there's, or something that you can't control happens, you just got to roll with it and make something else out of it. That's sort of how, like, 
I've come to this realization that you just have to go with the flow with life too because it translates over into life because unpredictable things happen in life and sometimes you just have to adjust and go with the flow. So that's, um, I learned that a lot in um, baking and and cooking and just being in a kitchen around other people because so many things happen in the kitchen Um, because I know like bake shops and pastry shops, they just move a little slower well, a lot slower than a kitchen, but I love the fast pace of a kitchen, so I was, like, heavily considering even trying to be a regular chef, but that's just not where all my passion is. I mean, I like to cook and all. I'm not the best cook. I'm not saying that I'm really good, because I've tried over the past year to try and make some stuff, and sometimes it just, it doesn't turn out how I wanted it to, but I definitely, um, so I definitely was like, oh, yeah, I'm not a chef. But I am. I love being a pastry chef, and I love cooking still. I like practicing knife cuts. I like just having all of that vocabulary, that culinary vocabulary in my mind so that I can still relate to the chefs, you know, and I can still seem cool when I'm talking to other people who don't know because, you know, you always just want to flex your little bit of knowledge that you have. But... I think that um, I've learned a lot at Maxwell. Like, if, oh my gosh, my chefs were so are so awesome because they're still there, and I still see them every day because I went back as an intern for half the school day. So, it's very fun. I um, I learned a lot because I was on the culinary competition team, um, Pro Star, and we placed second last year. We were just thirteen points off from winning, and I was just all like, man, that's tiny thirteen points. We were so close from winning, and I got a scholarship to Johnson Rose University, um, and I was very excited um, about the whole thing because I just, I grew a lot because the thing is, this competition is not just something that, some ordinary competition you see on, like, Food Network. First of all, we have no refrigerator, we have no oven, we have two burners which are like little like you know when you go camping and you have those little small portable stoves with like the gas can that is what we had there were four of us on a team well five of us one was the manager so he was not even able to cook he was only able to tell us what we were supposed to do and keep us on our time and take temperatures of food to make sure it was um at the right temperature level for serving and there were four of my teammates. I was the only girl on the team, so that was pretty funny. But it was like it was so cool because we got all clo- we were all close, and s- and I really enjoyed um, that year in the competition team. But um, yeah, so we had to cook three um, what is it? three courses. We had to cook an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. And guess who did the dessert? Yours truly. Yes, I made. It was all like. Um, I think it was Mex. It was Mexican cuisine. So we made for that entree was like a fiesta salad. So it had like shrimp, mangoes, red peppers, um, arugula, fried plantain. Yes, it was so good. And we had because we had to practice it. Oh, and we only had one hour to do everything. So yes, it was intense. We had very limited resources, very limited amount of time, but we could make whatever we want which was fun, and it allowed me to get really innovative with baking. But back to listing what we made, and then I will tell you how I had to adjust to baking without an oven. Okay, (laughs) crazy, right? So we also made for our entree, which is like a, it was like a duck, 
mole with um what was it it, it was um like pico de gallo and fried jalapenos and like this ricotta cheese mixture oh my gosh my it's like if my team listens to this they're gonna be like oh my gosh you're just messing it up but <laughs> and then what else did we and then uh, like it was a lot of stuff like on it was so pretty and then we had like edible flowers to plate it with i think in my cover photo, I'm going to include just a picture of all the three things that we made that placed us second in the state. But then there was, um, there was this one thing. Oh, yes, it was butternut squash filled into a squash blossom flower that was deep fried. And oh my gosh, it was so good because it was like butternut squash with the cinnamon. Oh, that makes me so happy. It was very great. And I had that like every morning for like, two or three weeks and it was that was fun and then I made um a choco flan with a caramel basket on top with a raspberry coolie and orange supremes and tempered chocolate yes it sounds like a lot because I did that all by myself everybody else on the team they had help I did everything myself plated it everything and they were like this is the best the judges at the time they told me that this was the best dessert that ev- out of everybody, and I think, I don't know why we lost. I don't know why we, we got second place, but at first we were, like, really sad about it, but if you think about it, second place is really huge, so, yes, we, because we, we got um, defeated by Meadow Creek, they always win, and they, because they won also with the Pro Start business one, and our school, um, Maxwell, our, who did the business side of it, they got second place too (laughs) so we both got second place for both competitions we were like I think it's rigged (laughs) but it was pretty funny um but yeah so let's uh, I'm going to talk about basically how I was able to bake (laughs) with only using a burner no oven um so basically I baked everything with steaming it so I had to have this whole research phase on how to even bake anything or to get it done because we were trying to figure out what type of des- desserts I could make without a stove, but honestly, it, or without an oven, and it's very limited. It's it's very limited and it's very small. So my teacher was like, "Oh, we have this great chocolate flan recipe, but I don't really know how to bake it." And I was all like, "Let me look it up." So I looked it up, and people were using like a pressure cooker over like a a pressure cooker to cook things but then it was like we can't use anything electric either so we had no like outlets or anything to plug anything into so that was also a huge really tricky part so we had to um I had to look up how to just like what ways you can bake something all I I was googled it I was like ways to bake without an oven like I was like I don't or to make a cake without an oven so I was like I don't even know what I'm trying to look for but I found it so we ended up steaming the cake yes that's right you heard it steaming so we had to create like this special pan which was basically like a cake pan but like a small cake pan with holes drilled into it um and then we had to and it was set in a saucepan with like a little bit of water just to so that it could heat up the whole thing and then I had like a top on top of it so that it ended up heating it up enough to where it was cooking. It was crazy. And I did that all in under an hour. That was crazy. That, that like, <laughs> shook me. I was like, whoa. And the fact that, like, the um, during the competition, I was like, 
I don't even know if that was really me. That could have been just God taking me over because I don't know. And then one of the judges during the time, like the judges during the competition would walk around and just um, talk to the people and ask them what they're doing and stuff to also see like their knowledge or to test out their knowledge of what they're um, making and just food in general. So, but one the judge, no judge talked to me. One of the judges was like, I'm not even going to mess with you over there because I see you're in the zone and I don't want to <laughs> get barked at. And I was like, oh no, I could, I could still talk. Cause I was like, that's what we practiced. We were talking about what we're making and everything. And it was, the whole experience was really fun. And I really recommend if anything that you do, if there's a way to compete in your passion, do it because it is the most fun you'll ever have. You'll meet people who love what you do as much as you do, even if they don't end up doing it. Because I have a friend who's all like, yeah, I'm not going to be a chef, but it is fun and I love doing it. But it's like we have sort of like a common um, interest. And I think that's really awesome. But back to what I was saying about the competition. Yes, it was it was very fun. And it really, that whole competition experience overall just shifted my whole outlook on how I bake and how fast I, like literally, it, it cut my time just regularly baking by like half than I normally do, like decorating and everything. Going to Maxwell was like the best thing for me. That's why I wanna go to a culinary college to just increase and hone all my skills. Um, but I, I feel like I'm going on really long. I could talk about baking forever. So I'm, I'm about to, I guess I'll wrap up just with a small thing to say. I love baking, if you couldn't tell. Also, I just want to tell one more story, and then I think I will start up wrapping up and go back and go to podcast puns with Kennedy. So, the other day, I was baking a cake, and it was like a vanilla cake with chocolate icing. You know, the yellow cake, the classic one. And um, I went to the store because I needed to make a buttercream, and I didn't have enough butter. So, I told my mom she was in, um, she was on a... A call but I was like oh I'm just gonna go to the store really quick like just sort of signaling to her and I went to the Publix and I came back I was only gone for like six minutes probably maybe even ten but not even long enough for anything to really happen well guess what something happened my dog got up on the counter I pushed it all the way back but I think that my dog is even bigger and I don't know what but my mom was busy with her doing her work and I was and I came home and I, because I didn't even tell her, that, oh, yeah, the dog is just ra roaming around. But I came home. First thing I noticed, you won't even, you'll be surprised. My dog ate half of the cake. I, sw I kid you not, half of the cake. And then I was, I was like, what? And I couldn't even think straight at first. Like, I didn't know if I was mad, if I was sad, if I was tired. I was just all like, Oh my gosh! So then I just cried. My mom called me. It's like Kennedy, you can do this. It's fine. You like, it's just a vanilla cake. Thank God. And it was only like three layers, and it's simple design to decorate. And I was all like, I can't deal with this today because I woke up at five, and I was just all like, this is not what I needed today. But it was fine because I was like, you know how I said in my last podcast, crying is the best. So I cried out all my emotions, and then I was like. Shh. I guess I'm okay now. And I could never really stay mad at my dog no matter how mad I get because she's just too cute. 
and you know I love my dog so much, so, <laughs> but I still think about that every day, and I'm like, oh, this dog, but I just, that was a s- baking story, my recent baking fail, compared to my first baking fail, which wasn't even my fault the second time, to- the last recent time, but ended up being okay, because I created a wonderful, beautiful, tasty cake, Sunday, Saturday morning, and I banged that whole thing out in a day, in like a couple hours. That's right, because Maxwell really helped me. So I was able to do that, and I was just very grateful and very happy that everything turned out right, and I was like, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, because if it didn't turn out right, I don't know what I would do. But that made me very happy, and I'm glad that everything worked out, even though my dog, she sabotaged me. But it was fine. And, um, but basically, the moral of this whole podcast is figure out your passion because, or not even figure out your passion. I just urge you to just find something that you love doing, even if it's a hobby to make you feel happy. Even if it's baking, baking is so fun. It's very peaceful, it's very therapeutic. So even if you just don't do it because you want to, oh yeah, be a professional at it, but just because you love it, then do it. Do something that you love because life's too short to just not do what you love and to just be sad about it, you know? Just, yeah. That's all I guess I can say. And always remember to look on the positive side of things and just go with the flow because life is unpredictable. So now, guess what time it is? (gasps) Podcast puns with Kennedy. Okay, here's your pun for this segment. (laughs) Okay, so I think you guys are going to really like this one. (laughs) I think it's, like, hilarious. Why are baking recipes so secretive? They're on a knead-the-dough basis. (laughs) Ah, That's pretty stupid. Okay, I'll read another one. Okay, okay, this one may be better. Maybe (laughs) puns are just so terrible, it's hilarious. Okay, so people are so sad I'm not entering the baking contest this year. Even their cakes are in tears. Okay, I'll give you a second to think about it. (laughs) Okay, I hope you understand it now. These are terribly funny, and I hope that they made you laugh, even if they're they're just so terrible. You just can't help but laugh. So, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to my second podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to hear this voice talk about... I guess random topics and today it was baking and I hope that you just know find your passion find something you want to do if you're young and you're like I don't know what to do try something new out because you know it's fun to try new things and if if you're older and stuff and you just want to feel happy sometimes I definitely recommend baking it's so fun it's the best reward ever but find something that makes you happy every day find something that is just like a hobby that makes you happy, that makes you at peace, because life's too short to be stressed and worried about every little thing. Well, that's about it. I hope you enjoyed listening, and thank you so much. Remember that you are awesome, and thank you for listening to Completely Ken. Bye.